Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This episode is sponsored by Blue Microphones. Head on to community.hubhopper.com to check out their amazing range of products. The Blue Microphone consists of the Blue Voice technology, which produces clear broadcast quality sound for podcasting and is compatible with both Mac and Windows. The Blue Microphone range is highly recommended for all podcasters. Hello and welcome back to Heart in My Sleeve. This is Mansha Kaur and I'm so happy to have you back on the show. Today's episode is really special because it's my first podcast collaboration. Tahina Raj of Words of Worth and I got together to record this collaborative episode for you. Tahina, after completing her BCom honors from SRCC, started working at Citibank, but soon realized that she wanted more from life. She started a side hustle where for 2 years she was a banker by day and poet by night. She since then moved on to marketing and is presently a brand manager at Blue Tokai. Her side job, that is words of worth, is flourishing more than ever with over 1,60,000 active readers. She touches upon topics like identity, love, loss and equality through her poetry and art and has now started a podcast by the same name. In this episode, we talk about prioritizing happiness especially as far as work's concerned maintaining a work life balance and managing expectations among other things i can't tell you how nourishing our conversations been for me and i hope that you find it relatable useful and that it brings a smile on your face it's a long episode so i'm not going to waste any more time here's the lovely tahina nice to meet you by the way Yeah, uh, Tahina, why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners and tell them about your journey so far and what you do. Hi Mansha, thanks for having me and thanks for suggesting this podcast this collaboration first of all because I've been a huge fan of Heart of My Sleeves and uh, thank you. Lovely to be doing this with you. So yeah, for me, I think I'm somebody who's a 25 year old still trying to find her footing, still trying to understand where she truly belongs. I have this dual identity wherein I am a professional by the day, I work as a brand manager and by the night I turn into this poet who likes to express and write and channel her emotions and energy through writing in words. So that's primarily what I do. Other than that, I take a lot of interest in politics and social issues and civil rights. I want to talk about them, so I try to use my platform and try to intertwine poetry and art with a message that I could give out possibly. So that's pretty much about me. And other than that, I'm somebody who's Netflixing a lot and reading a lot, having a lot of snacks she shouldn't be having because the lockdown's been <laughs> making her super lazy and super hungry all the time. So yeah, what about you, Mansha? Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Okay, so well, currently, what I like to call myself is a writer and podcast host, and I'm solely at the moment focusing on Heart in My Sleeve, which is my podcast. And I'm working on a few things that I will let you know about soon. But mm. uh, <laughs> how I sort of got here, like I'd mentioned initially to you, was that I grew up 
across three continents and while the landscape kept changing the constant for me was writing and i would sort of express myself through whether it was a little poem or a diary entry or an article here and there and that really got me through because it's difficult moving to places that are so different from each other especially countries where people do not speak in english what does become right. important is almost inferring what somebody is trying to say through their body language more than their words mm-hmm. because the message could get lost in translation so that was an important thing that i developed and that's why personal growth is something that i focus on because for me whether it's developing empathy or talking about empathy kindness and generally just bettering yourself in in different ways i mean that's also a personal journey that i've had so hence this podcast about personal growth called heart on my sleeve and we're here now <laughs> Wow, lovely to know that. And yeah, let's dive right into it then. Yes. So Manchal, I just wanted to understand like you mentioned staying in different countries and jumping through continents and coming back to India and finally kind of settling here for the time being at least. How has it been to kind of jump through so many things, jump through so many experiences and how do you find what really makes you happy? That's interesting. So when you're younger you're also a lot more adaptable and you're a lot more like resilient to change especially when you develop that at a very young age so my initial couple of moves were a lot easier on me than my last move that was to India from Moscow and that was particularly hard on me because like I think when you're hitting 13 14 15 you almost already have that base in terms of there are few interests or hobbies that you're exploring you know what subjects you're leaning towards you have a group of friends and so on and so forth for me it was like starting again at that age and i had this obsession from very early on to figure out the one thing that i want to do for the rest of my life and i've always been in search of that so like regardless of where i've lived in a lot of ways like you can call me a jack of all trades cuz like i tried out ridiculous things from playing the xylophone to learning how to dye bed sheets i wanted to figure out whether i was into music or art or whether i wanted to end up in finance or marketing or business so for me i was always trying to figure out talk to people to understand what their experiences have been just to see whether they would resonate with me or not figuring out what that thing was that i was going to do for the rest of my life and that would make me happy obviously because somewhere and i think from what we spoke about even you've had that experience where doing a job for the sake of doing a job wasn't something that particularly interested you and when you're in college or school you have these beliefs that if i work at say city bank like you did or if i work at barclays that's it if i go to harvard and do my mba and i work at one of these companies i am going to be really sorted and happy in life that was my belief as well till i met gotham which was in my second year of college i was like okay i'm going to become a consultant or i'm going to get into marketing like those are my two options but for me what helped me on my journey to finding what made me happy and kind of balancing it also with a dose of realism because eventually you want to build a career around it and that's also something that i learned the hard way so for me when i moved back to india i personally struggled with I had a really unhealthy relationship with food because i used food to help me get through stressful phases 
right, right, right. That was a whole phase in my life. And because of that, when I was for the first time ever thinking about what I wanted to do over and above doing a job that all of my peers were doing, the first thing that came to mind was maybe exploring something in the health and fitness space. So that's why the first thing that I ever did, which was in college, was try to build an app called Fitness Dharma. But I think in this journey to finding out what you should do or where, you know, the Venn diagram sort of intersects in that perfect place for you is also realizing that there are some things that you may be passionate about, but you're passionate about for yourself. And you don't necessarily want to use that in the way where you could be uh, out of it. So that's why very early on, I tried to try out various different things because it's very hard to tell that difference until you've tried it out. So exploring that and then realizing that I actually don't see myself doing this going forward, running a small tech company around fitness. Then my second thing right after getting into ISB was, okay, maybe I should sort of explore this MBA path. But when I did go for that program, being there, I realized that this wasn't for me. And the thing is that your question, which is prioritizing happiness, a lot of that involves figuring out what your purpose is at least for me it did figuring out what I want to do Mm -hmm. because your work takes up a good part of your week and hence a good part of your life and it's important to find satisfaction in what you do but at the same time it's important to also know there's a difference between a passion project and a career and it's important to find that differentiator for you and find that balance where maybe there's this golden zone where things intersect and you can make a career out of it so we're just mm-hmm. trying to find that right. and again in a completely random fashion I sort of switched to the fashion industry I started a clothing line again exploring because I think I'm a very creative person I love playing around with details I love aesthetics I think if you look at my Instagram I do that through food now So that's Mm -hmm. a creative outlet for me that I really, really need. And with the clothing line, again, it was something that that I needed to do for myself, like have that creative outlet. But when I tried to build a career around it, I just realized that it wasn't for me. It didn't hit the right notes. And then because of Gotham, I came across podcasting. And then somewhere during my clothing line experience, I realized that this was something that I want to do for myself, but not build a career around. And then eventually I started this podcast as almost, you know, a show of support to my husband. He runs Hub Hopper. And at that time, there were like a handful of Hub Hopper originals. I started it for that reason, but I fell in love with the whole process. And I started to eventually as the months went by and I've been doing it for I think over a year and a half now I started to see the potential of a career around it that for me hit all the right notes so it intellectually stimulated me um, to the degree that I wanted it also satisfied a part of my creativity Mm -hmm. I could Obviously not in the short run because it is such a new space, but in the medium run, I saw earning potential because that's an important thing if you're building a career, right? That's that's where the distinction between a passion project and a career also begins. I think if somebody is on a journey where they don't know where to start or they want to figure out what they want to do, I think it's important to first try out all of those things that you have at the back of your mind because until you actually do it yourself no matter how many people you talk to or how much you almost glamorize an industry in your mind you're not going to know it until you try it and it's important to find that 
intersection of the Venn diagram where what makes you happy also intersects with what can help you earn a living and also intersects with your capabilities because sometimes you're passionate about something and you can earn from something but you may not be as capable to do that particular thing as you believe so true yeah yeah so for me I mean that's what it was but why don't you share your experience of how you have worked towards prioritizing happiness and not just following a career for the sake of one Right. I think a lot of what you said is something that I personally resonate with. And as I shared earlier with you as well, I've also kind of thought about experimenting with a lot of things as much as possible so that I know the flavor of everything and then I can make a final selection. So when you walk into an ice cream store, you just want to try everything so that you know which one you finally want to consume for the later, longer period. You know, I was in school, my parents thought that the best way to engage a child is to show them a lot of plays, to take them to dance recitals and music shows and all of that. So I grew up attending a lot of drama shows, theater shows. My parents were greatly into music, into guzzles, into Sufi music. I would go in performances that happened around these themes. I think right from the start, I was very into narratives, into conversations, into performances and theatricals. And that's something that stayed with me right throughout. So I took up commerce later on and then I went to college and I did my BCom honors degree. And even in that environment when everybody was running behind same numbers or trying to get the highest package and wanted to be a consultant. And I kind of resonated with that world. It's not like I didn't. I kind of was looking for my perfect zen where I would be happy around conversations, around just having more humane reciprocation expressions. Of course, I went into a bank. I was there. I could do the job and I was doing fine. I was getting paid really well. And people around me also like my work. I don't know why I never felt happy in that space. I never felt like this is something I aspire to do. Like you said, you know, there has to be an intersection of your interests and your abilities. And I thought this was my ability, but I don't see myself becoming the biggest investment banker the next few years, or I don't want to be the CFO of a company. So two years into it, I realized I want to move to another space, which would probably kind of interact better with my liking. So I chose to move to marketing. And all of this time, I think right from 2016, Wordsworth has started. So it was an alternate channel, which kept me happy and busy. And I was building this virtual little world for myself to get soaked into. It had been my respite from feeling lonely in a city that I didn't probably know very well. So of course, I fell back to it. And I kind of built around and I tried to do as much as I could with my writing. And gladly enough, people showed kind of love that they have. And I mean, immense gratitude for it. I started getting called to colleges to speak to people and children. And that's where I realized, you know, this is something that's giving me a lot more happiness than just being able to sit on a desk and not being able to interact with people. So I think to affect change in society, which I think I take very strongly that we're individual contributors, but the entire idea is to later impact the society in a better way with whatever we do, whether it be by you know, raising your voice and talking about the things you do through your podcast or by writing or choosing whatever medium or manner that you want to. That's what I've been up to. And I think now I feel like I'm in a space where I feel more at one with myself. I feel like I'm finally able to give all bits of me some fodder to 
stay happy yeah. <laughs> so yeah i prioritize happiness in a way that i again try my hands on as many things as possible i'm not a specialist at anything but i'm a generalist at everything so that's probably like you mentioned a jack of all trades and i don't see a harm in that like you know this is something that i've mentioned repeatedly in a lot of my interactions that i've had with people that you know we we kind of uh, grown up with this idea that you have to be the number one at something you know like you have to excel at something and be the name that comes to people's mind when they say that particular thing but other than say if you have to become a doctor or a, a specialist of a particular thing i don't think it's important for you to know everything in the universe that exists about a subject it's fine if you have a more broad more wide set of interests too and also because then yeah. that's what you bring to the work that you do right i think one of the things that i've spoken about in my podcast in the past is that when we sometimes finally do come across what we want to do we almost look back and then we start thinking about how we wish we'd got to that point sooner and we think about how if we done this better i don't know if say writing is a thing like sometimes i have thought about oh if i had instead of bcom honors done a course in literature and writing or maybe journalism or something like that maybe i would be better off but we start questioning our journey and then we forget the fact that our journey is sort of what led us up to this point and without that journey we wouldn't be here it is really important to embrace all of the different moving parts that have got you to that point and like you said being a specialist in something you know doing it by the book doesn't necessarily mean that in today's world you will thrive mm-hmm. that's another so true say for example i don't know if you ever wondered about this but if poetry or writing is something that brings you a lot of happiness like i don't know if you ever wondered that oh i wish i'd gone to columbia and studied this and then you see i would do this a little better in this way because i think you have to embrace all of those different aspects that make you you and they don't always make logical sense as to how it's all going to come together but it does it really right. it was absolutely true it was easy to in retrospect look at it and think yeah. of it that you know maybe if i had done this this would have turned out better but i don't think things really flow logically in your life it happens like there is always a series of incidents that lead you to where you reach so i believe in destiny and i believe in like discovering through trial and error however that might be i 100% agree with you so hina why don't you start by talking about how you managed to create work life balance for yourself and what that means for you and also how you're approaching not overworking yourself or feeling burnt out during these times when there's so much pressure as a 20 something year old or as an early 30 something year old to peak at this stage to be on top of the world there is so much pressure right how are you dealing with that and how do you manage that so i think the work life bit i'll tell you mancha i've been very careful of how much i work and what i do i'm very conscious of that you know i'm very conscious of deadlines i try to stick to them i try to perform to the best of my ability and make sure that i'm not going to disturb myself on weekends with work that's going to flow in so i try and do that as much as possible of course there has to be some reasonable overstretching that happens when you're in a sector like a corporate sector which is demanding and 
evolving and especially you know if i were to look at this time which is the covid situation and we're all working from home overstretching is something that's happening for a lot of people of course work life balance is something that i'm very conscious of and i want to maintain that also because i have a passion project to maintain and i want to kind of follow that 40 hour work week rules so that i do make adequate time for writing you know as a writer yourself you need to have that free time to kind of creatively mull over things and come up with something nice it doesn't happen when you're rushed or you're stressed mm. so so i'll just tell you what all i've done to kind of make sure that my work life balance is i talk to my managers very openly right from the outset about having a passion project that i want to grow and i'm growing alongside with my full time job and you know most of the times 99 out of 100 people are very supportive of it so they understand they want to give you that room to go individually as well as being a good contributor in the team that you're working in firstly i have like these frank conversations with my managers and also then you know going forward with my teammates and peers everyone is kind of aware of the fact that we can chip in and we can shoulder in the burden together so that's one thing that i try to do the other thing is of course i think more from the mental health point of view and not really from say managing work life balance i try to switch off from work once i come back so it's like a physically you know putting your phone away for some time staying away from looking at your work emails just watching a movie or reading a book or something of that sort that is kind of taking me out of that world where i was because it's very easy to be engaged and to disengage also it requires effort like it requires constant consciously distancing yourself from it so that's one thing i do of course the pressure when you're in your early 20s or your any time i think right now i think the pace of the world is such that you can't relax at any point because taking a break usually seems like you're being lax in distancing yourself from the race and you don't generally want to do that and you don't want to feel guilty about it because we're in a society that values productivity so much so of course it's something that's consciously on my mind i won't lie i don't want to a couple of years from now feel like i was taking it too easy and feel bad about it but i don't want to feel the opposite of it as well which is to say that i was so busy working that i never really valued the things that had to be valued in the first place so i think the first step to having a good work life balance is to ensure and to kind of note and consciously be mindful of the fact that you're spending as many hours say you know you're spending 10 hours a day doing this so what are you doing for the rest of the 14 hours are you getting a good you know workout in the middle are you getting a good night sleep are you able to take out time for things that truly truly make you happy and while you're working again you know it's very easy to harm your health so i mentioned earlier to you as well that i happen to be like you a stress eater and i try to kind of just you know, gobble anything up while i'm working and that's such an unhealthy practice right like it it has to consciously be stopped So one of the things that I do to make sure that I'm not doing that you know I've had weight issues and I've come down the scale and I feel like I know what it feels to be overweight so I don't want to be in that space ever again and I'm consciously trying to make sure that I keep a check on it even with what I'm doing even with like having like 10 calls a day I, I try to make sure that I'm working out doing some sort of stretching yoga activity so yeah. that I don't end up in a bad mental space later because of how i look yeah so it's a very demanding thing it's like it's conscious like it, all of it is conscious it has to be a decision that you're making every single day it can't just flow it can't be like you know you're living in your beautiful blithe world and then it just becomes what it does 
so i think being mindful and careful of how you want your life to turn out is what's most important why don't you share what you try to do okay so for me i have in the past been terrible with managing my time and having any sort of work life balance around the time that i got married at that time i wanted to build up this clothing line that was eta maya i did that for about 2 years and i have obviously no fashion background and i had no idea on where to start and how to start and all of that so i got so sucked into the process of learning and then finally building it and doing it that i think for the first year i was so bad at managing my time i would be answering messages and queries at like one at night on a saturday i would be at the workshop on a sunday i would be running around so there was literally no concept of boundaries for me and i was mm-hmm. in this and in the process my health took a real beating in the process something that i was doing for myself and something that i was doing hoping that it make me happy actually mm-hmm. became something that really really got to me mentally because i stretched myself so thin you know in an attempt to almost make it in our 20s or 30s burnout is a very real situation that we're all facing and what we need to keep in mind is that life is not a sprint it's a marathon especially when life spans are longer now and retirement is becoming a slightly less followed thing because even when somebody retires and they're looking at more things to do so we have to keep in mind that even if we do overwork ourselves and run ourselves into the ground right now to make it big and in the moment we do make it big then what what happens to the rest of our 40 50 60 70 years like we had to live those through as well so we have to have to make sure we keep in mind the fact that our relationships that we form in years our health and the sort of equation that we develop food and all of those things and over and above that the equation that we have with ourselves those are such important things so in an attempt big really fast let's all not try to be that rocket that sort of shoots up and falls down instantly right the longer game of life and we have to keep that in mind so when it comes to work life balance one thing that i've learned is compartmentalization it's taken me a long time to learn it and like you said it's important to do something at the end of the day that you unwind i was recently at this conference in germany somebody said this really interesting thing he was like you need to end your day you need to end your day with a hit of serotonin in some way so whether it's a workout or it's doing something that you love for me it could be baking for you it could be something else so like we all have our different things but end the day to also tell yourself that okay now today is over i will not pick up my phone i will not answer that mail i will not do any of those things and it's also important to stand up for yourself like you said you make it super clear to your managers that i also have this whole other aspect in my life that i do care about and you have to also be okay with it and respect it i think a lot of us don't know how to say that or express that to the people that we work for or work with as far as work life balance goes compartmentalization is something 
that I've learned from Gautam because for me there came a point when I was running this baby right because it was so new of an organization which had two three people that I was working with and a handful of clients and I would not have any time and I would not be present at parties or events or whatever at least mentally present even if I was present I'd always be on my phone replying to some client or answering some query or whatever and then there was this guy who was running an organization with 30 people literally 30 people's livelihoods and lives were dependent on him you know there's so many moving parts to it so many stakeholders and somehow he was more at ease and he did not take any work on the weekend despite him having a lot more on his plate at that time than I did that was a big moment of realization so there's so many, so many aspects to us. We wear so many different hats and we need to give all of those different parts of ourselves the right amount of use, whether it's with our friendships. If we don't water them now, we won't have them 20 years from now. Okay. Right? So if we don't build up our life right now, we may end up hitting a number. We may end up with the house that we want, but we won't be surrounded by the people that we had hoped to be surrounded by. We won't have explored the parts of ourselves and our interests that we had always wanted to. And then it'll be a life filled with more regrets than not. So great, Mansha. Let's talk about managing expectations. Let's talk about setting the goal right so that we know what is it that we plan to achieve. What is your take on that? Whose expectations are we talking about? Mine or society? <laughs> I think I'm a lot harder on myself than anyone else. I think I work myself up because I expect all of these things from myself. That being said, what's important is that we need to know what we as an individual, like what you want from life or what I want from life. It's really important because regardless of, and I know that in India, there's so much pressure from parents and relatives and peers and society where there's almost this benchmark that is you get 98% in your boards and then you either become a doctor engineer or you do your BCom honors, you do your CA or MBA. Like there's this set format and if you're not adhering to that, it's almost as though people don't understand. Mm-hmm. So I think keeping all of that in mind, it's important to understand what you want from life. And all of us want different things from life. I know that what drives me is very different than what drives my husband. And we're very similar people. So that's a really important distinction. Like for some people, it could be money. For some people, it could be fame or recognition. For some people, it could be having a comfortable, easygoing life where they don't have to worry about things too much. For some people, it could be, you know, the good things in life. For some people, it could be making an impact. For some people, it could be doing some good in the world even if it's not at a large scale so it's important to know what drives you what you want to achieve from your life and not looking at what your friends are doing and what your family expects of you and expectations I think are a very personal thing and you need to sit with yourself and figure out what you want as an individual Mm. and really anything and everything that people have to say on this regard anyone who isn't you in this scenario all of that is white noise because only you know what you're capable of people's expectations could be more they could be less they could be different you know what you're capable of you know where your mind goes when nobody else is looking you know what makes your heart sing and for that reason as far as expectations go 
firstly you need to have a clear idea of what your expectations are of yourself and then you also have to be realistic about it if i'm sitting here and i'm thinking about oh i want to be at the oscars and be awarded for something that's not a realistic expectation to have <laughs> and that's obviously an extreme example but sometimes even things that are far less dramatic than that they put an undue pressure on you and then even if you're doing something that you're enjoying even if your life is generally good your expectations kind of become that little thorn in your foot what is your take though on expectations and how do you think one should manage their own expectations and those of society so oh, very well said actually a lot of what you've said is something that i personally believe in a lot you know there's this one incident however that i can't take out of my mind which is something that shook the country 3 weeks ago which is the you know death by suicide of sushant singh rajput you know i was just thinking about it for a really long time i couldn't come to an answer of why anybody who has so much of what anybody in here would want to be you know he was successful he was well known he had money he had fame a lot of what a lot of us run behind then even then what drove him to take the step that he did i don't know the back story i don't know what happened and what made him take that decision but it tells something right that what we really think or put on the boards of success or make like a vision board for ourselves might or might not be an actual representation or the conclusive answer to happiness there has to be more to it there has to be a more deeper more engaged more happy thought behind where we want to reach and how we want to reach there so as you mentioned and very well our expectations have to be set right from the start and only we are the best judge of our capabilities so there has to be a realism in it there has to be a rationality involved when we're trying to set goals for ourselves because it's very easy in the day and age of social media and having access to seeing way more than we could say 20 or 30 years ago it's easy to be blinded by unrealistic goals unclear motives and have say a very cloudy idea of where we want to reach am i really really going the right way and i think everybody needs to ask this question to themselves every night if they're happy with what they have or not and what is it that's going to really really make them happy so there's one answer that i've come up to find after all these years is having like a gratitude journal so i try to do this as much as possible i'm not being very regular now but i started doing this a couple of months back wherein i jot down everything good that's happened to me in that very day so even if it's something tiny like somebody who's an old friend gave me a call today i'm very grateful for that and i just want to kind of keep a note of it yeah to remind myself of things that really matter i think it keeps my expectations in check about what should and what shouldn't matter to you going forward i'm so glad you firstly rushed upon happiness because i think we all as society as humanity got happiness all wrong first of all i think we've used this word so much in so many different contexts that i don't know what it means anymore you know as a word like what do you really mean when you say that oh i want to be happy like what does that mean right because i've been trying to figure out what it means to me and i think for me how i'm starting to define happiness to myself is having peace of mind and a feeling of contentment and I, i don't know if that definition is true across the board for everyone but i think for me i am happy when i have 
a general state of peace where I'm comfortable, where I'm content. Because otherwise, we're constantly talking about being happy, but like, you know, without having a few lows, you won't experience the highs, and they're really all up in the air. And I think we need to almost redefine what happiness means to each and every one of us. And I think the definition will probably be a little different from person to person as well. Yeah. Because you need to have something tangible to hold on to when you're saying something so that you know what it means and what it feels like. When I'm happy, what does that actually mean? Because you know, there are highs in life that are only achieved at certain points. You're happy when it's your birthday or you're happy when you get married or you're happy when you get that job or promotion. It's such a vague term for that reason. Like people don't understand. And then when they look at other people, it's just, oh, this person's always happy. This person's always positive. But that's not the moment to moment truth of anyone. And okay. sort of then seeing that everyone is happy or these people around me, oh, they are so happy, but why am I not happy? So then that expectation right. that people have almost, because it's the term that's been misused so much, right. they judge themselves very harshly because of that. And then coming to what you just mentioned, like I think because of social media, we're also looking at everyone around us, their lives and even our acquaintances, random people that we don't know, people who made it big and we're just like, oh my God, they seem so happy. But actually when it does come to it, there have been some really big milestones that I've achieved and that I've seen Gautam achieve and what one would expect is that once you say are on the Forbes 30 under 30 list or you're speaking at this event or that event, you're sorted. Like only if I could get to hmm. this, I'll be happy. Only if yeah. I hit a number on the weighing scale, I'll be happy. Once this happens, once I graduate from college, once I graduate from school, once I do this MBA, I felt all of these emotions. And I've been on the other side and I've just hmm. been okay in the moment, of course, there's this joyous feeling attached to it. But that in itself means nothing. It's the little, little things on a daily basis. And like you said, having a gratitude journal, which I also do, and it does center me, especially when I'm feeling a little despondent hmm. or lost. It's those little things that matter. And you have to find them. You really have to find them. And some days there aren't too many. So, so I think it's so, so important to understand that you aren't going to be happy if when I find the perfect girl or guy, when I get yeah. into this college. That's a big one for a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, relationships, finding the right partner. But it's not just that. It has to be in tune with you. Are you happy otherwise? Like, are you seeking someone because they will make you happy? Because that, I don't think, will work. If you're internally happy and you can attract somebody else, just have fun with. That's exactly what you should be looking for. And a lot of people put these, like you said, if and all of these riders, the riders will always give you another path to it, which is once you reach there, you'll always be asking yourself what's next. And that's going to give you stress. That's always going to keep you in the spiral of trying to gauge what's next, trying to understand the path forward. And that will always keep you in the spiral. I mean, there's no escaping it then. So the right way maybe to go about it is to know that in spite or despite of it, you can be happy. Yeah. It's an everyday process, like you mentioned. I'm going to give you a quick example that comes to mind. Sure. When I was in Africa, I've seen people who have nothing. They literally they live in almost polar, like those conditions. Right next to our house, there was this church. And the second like, the church bell would strike 
at 12 o'clock. They'd all come together, just so filled with joy, happiness, singing, dancing. You know, they'd all get together in a congregation with those people who are close to them, their family, their friends. And these people have nothing. And then I've seen people who have gone to the best schools, to the best colleges, got the best job, are earning a lot, come from a lot of wealth, have a significant other who they're happy with, have interests, all of those things, and they're still so unhappy. Clearly, we're getting something wrong here, right? If somebody who has nothing can find happiness despite that and have such pure joy, I swear to God, I've never seen happier people. And then you have everything that one could ever dream of. So I think that's just a food for thought moment and something to think about. No, no, absolutely. In such a telling incident. I mean, I'm sure you remember it from your childhood. It must have had that kind of impact on you. Wow. It was quite an incident, Mancha, that you just recalled. And I, I think that's a learning for everyone to actually value the right set of things, which is the state of mind. that attracts happiness. It's gratitude, it's joy, and it's the ability to see beauty in the smallest and the most minuscule of things. So I'm just going to ask you what really, really makes you happy. What is it that you would say are your top takeaways in your, you know, 25 years of existence? What is it that has made you realize, both coming from these mid-20s age, which is challenging and complex, what is it that you've learned in your life which you would try to you know give out to people in say three easy most highly recallable things so i think for me what i've learned and i know 25 is not a big age but yes Mm -hmm. both of us are being really wise and all of that (laughs) what i've learned is firstly the people that you care about, the people that you are comfortable enough to have meaningful conversations with, the people that you can reach out to during your highest and lowest of moments. Those are possibly the most important things in your life. And it's something to really, really, really focus on nourishing those equations, whether it's family, whether it's friendships, whether it's a significant other. You need people, regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, The second thing would be, at least for me, it's important to find purpose in some way or the other. And that doesn't mean that everyone needs to find almost this calling where, you know, they change the world in that regard or whatever. For somebody, their purpose could be bringing up a beautiful family. And that is purpose as well. One should never, ever, ever downplay the importance of that. So that's a big and beautiful goal in itself. And I think there came a stage, especially for women, when you went from the norm being that in India as a general society, that women should not work that much or that hard to almost shaming women who want to raise families and do that and spend their lives doing that. So I think we need to find out, like I mentioned earlier, what works for us and what matters to us. And whatever the world and the people around you have to say about that should never be of any consequence because you know your goals. If being a super successful entrepreneur is what makes you happy, do that. If being a mother is what makes you happy, then do that. If you care for some social cause and you want to raise awareness around that and you want to build an ecosystem around that, then do that. Whatever it is, small or big, it doesn't matter. But it is important though to have some kind of purpose. And 
if you don't have it then to try to find it because otherwise you're going through life in this really rudderless fashion and you don't really know what's going on it's important to determine what that purpose is for you what it is is entirely at your discretion but finding that makes life a lot more fun it also helps you figure out what you should be putting your energy towards and into and not feeling bad when you see other people around you doing different things because you know that hey that's their purpose and that's what they want to do and this is what i want to do so there's no competition here and if you don't know where to start to look for that purpose think about where your attention goes when nobody's looking when nobody is expecting anything of you when you're not in a social setting where it's about who has the craziest resume or what do your pinterest searches tell you what do your google searches tell you what are the sort of books that you're drawn towards what are the sort of shows that you're drawn towards it's really telling you know the answer is right in front of you you just need to look at it and sometimes it's a really silly answer because like for me i was trying to do all of these other things like oh my god maybe i need to build a tech company oh my god maybe i need to you know do this mba and then build this career by working at a pe fund or something but sometimes the answer is as simple as realizing that i love being empathetic towards people i love being there for people i love figuring out ways to better myself on a daily basis and i love reading books around that and that's my answer so be open to what the answer could be it may surprise you i think that's the second thing and the third thing would be i think it's really important to go through life having compassion for the people around you whether it's people that you know or don't know because a lot of the times and i know kindness and acts of kindness is now a cool thing so people are sharing causes that they support and you know they're running donation campaigns and this and that but if you're doing all of that and at the same time you're not thoughtful towards the people around you whether it's your friend whether it's an acquaintance whether it's somebody who's reached out to you for help in whatever regard whether it's your help that works for you those are the things that matter more and obviously those aren't highlighted on our instagram stories it's important to be compassionate on a day to day basis and be thoughtful and just sometimes understand that everyone's going through their own stuff so not to take things too personally not to make mountains out of molehills not to judge people too harshly for their decisions it's so easy to do that right you're not thinking even for a second about what their life might be what they might be going through maybe something's a cry for help i don't know and but at the same time because kindness is cool right now we're putting up really nice stories about you know being there for each other and this and that but then we're actually not doing that instead of looking at it like a hashtag or a trend and i'm sure you see this cuz you've been writing about all of these things for so long and now suddenly there's been a wave of just content around this so it's important to not do things just because it's trendy and it's important to actually genuinely care about the people around you about the people that you interact with and um sometimes that may actually mean you not putting up so many things on social media or you not chiming in on everything right. and doing a few things but then actually really really caring about those few things so you go that extra mile for those few things right so i think so passion over kindness and the last quick thing is that it is so important and i cannot emphasize on this enough to stay grounded to stay humble no matter who you are what you've done in life you could be the president of a country but evidence shows that people who are truly successful are not just monetarily so they are people who 
do not think highly of themselves they are not constantly talking about themselves in fact they want to know more about you if you come across a super successful person they actually will firstly never think of themselves in that light they want to learn from everyone and they will make you feel better about yourself so people who think that okay because i've got a few things you know down pat i've got this one award i've got this i've got that now it gives me the right to have an attitude with everyone and people aren't good enough to talk to me and stuff like that they need a major reality check because people who are truly successful people who have made it that big are honestly just ridiculously grounded they are so humble they have no pretense around them they sort of want to help in any way that they can they don't laugh at your ideas even if they might be stupid so i think humility regardless of which level that you are in in life is so important so stay humble <laughs> wow wow and i think you covered so much of it like you know said this in a previous answer as well so much of what i would have wanted to say is something is stolen from my mouth so and i don't regret that one bit because you've said it all so so beautifully well like it's all come together in the structure in the flow and i'm sure you've seen a lot of successful people you're surrounded by a lot of them you are one of them and it is it is you know great to kind of hear from you that humility and compassion and just staying true to yourself is so so important and not judging people for what they're doing or who they are but for the kind of compassion happiness and joy that they bring to the world it's so so important when you know your i think <laughs> a lot of what you've said is i mean something that i would have also said but the one thing that i would additionally say is that individually you can you know help people only when you're in a good headspace mm-hmm. and to know what gives you that kind of happiness you can do all of the things which is a deep dive and introspection you mentioned you know this what do you search for when you're searching on google what is it that you're listening to what is it that you're watching at night on netflix and crying <laughs> i mean all of those things are telling like you mentioned and those are your truest and most vital form of self expression and identity and i think those need to be those cues need to be taken more seriously for you to find out what's turning the table for you and one more thing i'd like to add on to it is that social media can be a very fickle place it could be a very superficial place it could misguide you into believing that people are really happy but let me tell you most of what you see is staged it's not the first take it's not the first draft it's polished airbrushed and improved for you to look at and feel like it's aspirational so happiness on social media happiness on the news is also airbrushed it is also dressed up to appeal to you in a certain way so don't take it to be reality thinking beyond it requires a lot more effort from within than we might foresee it doing but i think it's a process it's a journey and over time you get the hang of it you get to understand that whatever it's that you've been running behind is not really or truly going to give you happiness it there could be much more and i think staying open to experiences staying open to finding out from others like you know i see this a lot that people today have preconceived notions or have understanding of something and if somebody kind of gives them a valid argument against it or a logical fact that could possibly mean something opposite of what they believe they they're very apprehensive or they downright rejected because we as a society have learned to the word hustle believe in yourself all of these things shouted out to us they've made us believe that 
learning from someone else or staying nimble is not as important but i think it's the absolute opposite as you mentioned because the most successful people in the world are the ones who uplift you and make you feel happy and value you for who you are yeah. so and they find something in everyone that they can imbibe or learn from a constantly on the lookout mm. for okay everyone has something to offer so what is the one thing that i can actually learn from this person and like you could be a nobody but they still want to learn from you and that's beautiful right okay. that is such a yeah, positive and open mindset to have yeah absolutely so much to learn so much to know and so much to grow i think it's been a lovely lovely conversation ansha i've had a great time i didn't even realize so much time went by no. us talking <laughs> and it's been so so happy and positive and i'm feeling really warmed up and great about this lockdown right now because i've not had like conversations so open and frank about something so true and meaningful in such a long time thank you thank you because i think you know generally with episodes or conversations like eventually you do have to stick to a slight structure or, but like i think i threw all of that out of the window because this conversation is <laughs> real and raw and genuine so i have really mm-hmm. really enjoyed this i can't wait to see you in person after the lockdown <laughs> seeing you seeing you like i'm literally grinning this whole time hopefully when people listen to this they'll also feel the same joy and happiness that we felt recording this yeah thank, thank you for wearing your heart and your sleeve great absolutely amen to that okay bye see you soon bye bye thank you and with that we come to an end of this episode i really hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it please go check out and subscribe to tuhina's podcast it's called words of worth with tuhina raj I'm going to link it in the description below. Also, don't forget to follow her on Instagram if you don't already. Again, her account is called Words of Worth. Next week, we have celebrity chef and bakery owner Pooja Dhingra on the show to talk about founder fatigue and mental health. So that you don't miss that episode or any other future episodes, make sure to click on the subscribe button or bell icon. You can also find us on Instagram at the rate heart on my sleeve official. for behind the scenes footage future guests more personal growth content and also to become a more active member of the homes community that's it for now see you next wednesday bye this hub hopper original ko sunne ke liye aapka shukriya agar aap bhi apna podcast launch karna chahte hain to hub hopper studio website pe register kare aur 1 minute ke andar andar apna khud ka podcast launch kare यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट